said to me, only proud ingrates don't dance in church. So I want you to dance this morning. Give me reggae. Give me reggae. Give me reggae. Almighty God. Almighty God. We praise your name. We lift you high. Almighty God. Almighty God. I praise your name. can answer the mystery nobody can unravel you use the egg to crack palm kernel just to disgrace the stone what a mighty God you are this morning we just honor you that's the reason why we're here we just magnify you and Lord on a personal note I want to thank you for the privilege of preaching this glorious gospel of Jesus and I ask that today destiny will take place here and your name and your name alone will be glorified. Thank you, sweet Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. That amen is under construction. Just before you sit down, I want you to help me to be serious. I've had people discuss it even on radio. 
it's amazing. As you look at this theme this morning, I want to speak to you on a short message titled, Let the Fire Fall. Let the Fire Fall. And in the evening, it's going to be awesome because God has given me another word. I know this place is going to be on fire in the evening. Let's just do a little teaching this morning. Let the fire fall. May the fire of the Holy Ghost fall upon our lives. When the fire falls upon us, we don't remain the same. The fire is a cleanser. The fire is a purifier. The fire is a lifter. The fire consumes whatever has been delaying your destiny from getting to the next level. I decree in the name of Jesus that the fire will fall today. When the fire of God falls, you are never ever going to be the same. Never. It affects everything about your life. And I mean everything. Your love for God, your passion for your marriage, your desire to make progress, everything. It is only cold stoves that, you know, flies perch on. When the fire of the Holy Ghost is upon your life, your life becomes a mystery that cannot be unraveled. People look at you and they cannot explain you. The devil looks at you and he's just confused. May the fire of the Holy Ghost fall upon your life. It's a serious prayer I'm praying for you this morning. And I want to encourage you in this conference, prophets will be speaking to you and I'm opening the door under God today. When they pray for you, learn to say amen because amen is not an encouragement to the preacher. Amen is the acceptance of a divine verdict. May the fire of the Holy Ghost fall upon you. You are 32 and you are not in any serious relationship. What you need is the fire. Your marriage is not what it should be. What you need is the fire. The devil has no answer for the fire. When the fire of the Holy Ghost falls upon your life, you can't be broke. You look at your life and before you know it, it arises. I have experienced it. I know what it means to be poor. I know what it means to eat what you see, not what you want. I know what it means for you to wear bend down. I know what it means to be at the lowest rung of the ladder. Fingers are not equal, but your own should not be the shortest. May the fire of the Holy Ghost fall upon you life. I have a lot on my inside that I have brought to this conference, and I know because of the confines of time, I will not be able to finish. So whatever you can glean from the grace of God upon my life today, because anytime God wants to take someone to the, to the top, he does one of these two things. Either he connects the person to the people that are at the top, or he connects them to the people that are on their way to the top. And graces will be coming to this conference to speak to you. Spiritual things don't happen by accident. The fire of the Holy Ghost will come upon your life and it will touch every area of your life. And in three months time, you will look at your life and you will shed tears of joy. If you believe it, let your amen be very loud. I'm reading to you from the book of Ruth chapter number one. And I'll read from verse number one. There are lots of things in that scripture, but I won't be able to finish. I know, but let's start. Ruth chapter number one. Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land. And a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. And the name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife, Naomi, and the name of his two sons, Marlon and Chilion, Ephratites of Bethlehem, Judah. And they came into the country of Moab and continued there. Verse three. And Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died. And she was left and her two sons. And they took them wives of the women of Moab. The name of the one was Orpah, and the name of the other Ruth. 
and they dwelt there about 10 years. And Marlon and Chilion died also, both of them. And the woman was left of her two sons and her husband. For six, where I'm going to pause. Then she arose with her daughters-in-law, that she might return from the country of Moab, for she had heard in the country of Moab how that the Lord had visited his people in giving them bread. May the Lord bless the reading of his word in our hearts in the name of Jesus. This is one of the most profound passages of the Bible. And it begins on a very, very serious note. I think it's a pictorial image of what is happening currently, not just in Nigeria, but all around the world. The Bible says there was a famine. There was a famine. What is the meaning of famine? An acute insufficiency. And that's happening all around the world. Shortage. Deficiency. Lack. Want. Death. Disaster, calamity, starvation, great hunger, crop failure, violent hunger, tragedy. There was a famine. And that's what we have right now because Matthew 24 is being fulfilled and even over fulfilled. The Lord is coming. It's one of the signs. But I'm glad to announce to you that we live in Goshen. Richard Branson, I don't even know. Richard Branson, the owner of Virgin Groups. I don't know whether he's born again or not. He says, I am not even aware that there is recession in the world. That's a man that doesn't go to church like we do. Probably. That's a man that doesn't fast the way you fast. He doesn't pray the way you pray. He said, I'm living in Goshen. That's what it means. The oven is already burning. It's part of the predictions. There's nothing you can do about it. It's going to get tougher and tougher. But the tough fight becomes the better life will be in Goshen. That's why it's important for you to stay and be planted. Because it's only the planted that flourishes. 52 weeks of the year, you are in 52 churches. A rolling stone gathers no moss. Stay, be planted. Life is a battle. Is it that you are fighting or someone is fighting on your behalf? Stay where grace works. Mountain of international oil. You run there. Okay, Chukwu and Sons Christian Center. You are there. The last hand of Jesus Christ. Holy Ghost service. You run there. Any little thing, you keep running and running and running and running and running. When you plant a seed, if you don't allow it to be established, you keep uprooting it, uprooting it, uprooting it. It will not prosper. A lot of people uproot their destinies from one place to the other. Every guest speaker that comes must lay hands on you until your head becomes confused. Stop running around. There's famine everywhere. But there's food in Goshen. There's food in Goshen. And there are different types of famine. The love of God. There can be famine in that area. There are too many believers today because of what they are going through or because of what the society is dictating. The love of God is no longer in their hearts. As a single lady, I was the most active sister in my church. My husband was the most active brother in the church. We didn't know we would get married. We were just serving the Lord. He would carry drums on his head. We have a beautiful marriage. Our marriage is not perfect, but it's very great. And I can look back and say, a great Christian marriage is a salary paid by God. Love God with all your life. Other 
else may not serve him, it doesn't matter. Make up your mind that the love of God, there will not be famine in your, in your life when it comes to the love of God. I said to the Lord, Father, if each time you look down, even if my life is the tiniest spot on earth, you will always be pleased. Love God and show him. When I hold your checkbook in my hand, I can tell if you love God. When I look at your statement of accounts, I can determine whether you love God. By God's grace, my husband and I pastor thousands of people. I got born again 37 years ago. I told you I'm 53, so I'm not a small girl. I'm a grandmother. But excuse me, I still go to church to sweep. And I will sweep till Jesus comes. I'll sweep till Jesus comes. I told God, any dress I cannot use to worship you and kneel down, may it not come upon my body. I look at people, it's Thanksgiving time, and you put your hand in your pocket, you're so psychedelic about it, and you squeeze one ten dollar or one hundred dollar, you throw it at God, you dash God. God has promoted you 20 times. You've not increased your offering. You don't love him. You don't love him. How many times have you closed down your account just to say, Lord, I love you? How many times have you fasted just to say, Father, I don't have no prayer points. I've just come here today to let you know how grateful I am. In the last three weeks, I've been on the plane, I think about 13 or 14 times. There is no bathroom of any airport I have been in this world that does not know me. Each time I get to the lounge, the first place I go to is the toilet. The last time I located the toilet for the handicapped because it's bigger, I laid prostrate on the floor. I said, Lord, I've just come. I'm flying first class, but that's irrelevant to me. I've just come to let you know I love you. I laid on the floor in that water. It didn't matter to me. I just want to say thank you, Lord. You've been too good to me. When last did you wet your makeup just to appreciate God? They beg you in church to dance. I told you, God told me, only proud ingrates don't dance in church. Who are you? What are you carrying that you are missing? What are you carrying? You've forgotten that you are a man, a human being, whose breath is in his nostrils. You can give an appointment for 10 o'clock, quarter to 10, you are dead. In the kingdom of God, there are no achievers, only receivers. What is it that you have that you did not receive? And why doest thou as if thou did not receive it? Look at people, and I just shake my head. When I see proud people, I know people that, that do not know God. The more of God you know, the humbler you become. People greet you, you can't even bow to greet them. You talk to people anyhow. You shout at your wife. You shout at your children. You tell your driver, you are stupid. You are mad. You are this. Your house help is rubbish to you. I pity you. I really pity you. Because you do not know God. The love of God. Let God know that you love him. Prove to him, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. Let God know that you love him. Don't wait till the pastor raises an offering. Don't wait till the guest speaker raises an offering. Let God know that you love him with your money, with your time, with everything that you are. Love him. There is famine when it comes to righteousness and holiness. I hope I'll be able to get through to this message today. So much to share with you. Righteousness and holiness. I told the Lord, no matter how bad situations become in this world, in the body of Christ, Jesus, you will still meet a remnant. And I choose to be a part of them. When some Christians speak these days, you have to give them 75% discounts. 
blatant liars. Even the devil is saying, ah, even me, I can't lie like this. I'm coming now, I'm coming. And they are going. How much did I owe you, self? I said, I will pay you. How much, self? Lie. No righteousness. No holiness. The man sleeps with anything and anybody. He can add zero to anything. Famine of righteousness. Famine of integrity. There's famine, so much famine. That's why I trust that the Lord God of Israel will let the fire fall today. And he will burn off all the chaff, chaff and everything that is not allowing us to serve God properly. Famine of loyalty. Loyalty. People are no longer loyal. They are no longer faithful. The rate of divorce is alarming. I love you with all my life, with all my soul, with everything. I'll take care of you. I'll be there for you. Three years down the lane. There's no marriage that is stress-free. Quote me. I've been in this thing, institution, 31 years. Sometimes you wake up, you say, so I'm still married. With all that happened yesterday night. Marriage is hard work. Don't be deceived when they give you a certificate on your wedding day. It is not a certificate. It is a letter of employment. It's a letter of employment. They are telling you, welcome to hard work. Welcome. Is this the only situation where you can never graduate? Psychologists have discovered now that the older your marriage is, the more likely it can break. Because you no longer do the things you used to do. Thank you has become a scarce word. I love you. It's no longer in place. Famine in marriages. May the fire of the Holy Ghost fall upon our marriages. So that it can remain fresh in the name of Jesus. Famine of trust. I can go on and on and on. There was a famine in the land. According to Psalm 37 and verse number 19. Psalm 37, 19. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time. And in the days of famine, they shall be satisfied. Job 5 verse 20. In famine, he shall redeem you from death. And in war, from the power of the sword. Job 5, 22. At destruction and famine, you shall laugh. Neither shall you be afraid of the beasts of the earth. So stop saying what they say. Hey, there's no money in Nigeria. It's not your portion. I'm blessed. I'm a wealthy possibilitarian. It is well with me. As I go out, I am blessed. Therefore, the redeemed of the Lord shall return. It is well. I don't know how it's going to come. I may not see the wind. I may not see the rain. But the valley shall be full. Begin to speak what you want to see. That's how to provoke the fire. Stop saying what you see. This is a Bible church. This is a word-based church. Speak it. Even scientists are now corroborating Genesis chapter 1. And God said it and God saw it. They have now discovered that words do not die. Every word you speak bounces around you. Pastor E. Adeboye said when he was very young, his mother would call him. And when he gets there, the mama will say, when you grow up and you call one person, 100 people will answer you. Is that not what is happening now? So now when I call my, husband, my children, that's what I do. On the phone. Bring me a glass of water. When you grow up and you call, if Pastor Adeboye's own was 100, me, I say, 1,000 people will reply. 
And that's happening. You must begin to speak what you want. Let's go back to our story. The Bible says there was a couple, Mr. and Mrs. Elimelech. There was famine in Bethlehem, Judah. Of course, I know you understand that Bethlehem, Judah means house of bread. Bethlehem means house of bread. How come that there was famine in a place where bread is supposed to be baked? Sometimes in life, bad things happen to good people. The fact that you've been married for 16 years and you don't have a child does not mean you are the chiefest of sinners. The fact that you are 31 and you are not yet married does not mean you are evil. God does not consult your past to determine your future. So don't let the devil tell you it was because you aborted three times. There are virgins that are believing God. The rich also cry. I mentor some of them. You will never want to envy their sirens. They wrap their faces and their heads and they come, they hide in the dead of the night to meet me in hotel rooms. You will not want to envy them. A little with contentment is a blessing. Sometimes, two plus two may not be equal to four in life. Sometimes, life asks you, where is your God? I've been there before. The story of, <laughs> champ, sorry, the, 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 the success of champions is actually in their stories. It's not in the cars they drive. I've been there before when there, was no, there were no plates in my parents' house and I had to be eating from my palms. I've been there before when as a, as a head girl of the secondary school, I would not be able to go to school for two weeks because of nine pounds, 18 naira. And my father goes to do some menial jobs. I've been there before. I know what it means to ride a car with my husband a five-color car. All the fenders, Volkswagen, different colors. You understand what that means? I've been there before. Sometimes it happens. There is a process. Because if your heart cannot handle it, your hand cannot manage it. So sometimes God allows you to be processed. You become tough. You become mature. Is it shoes I'll be praying for now? No. There was a time in my life when I had only one pair of shoes for the year. I didn't say per month, for the year. If your heart cannot manage it, if you are not tough on your inside, and God uses only two things to mature us, people and pains. I preached a message some time ago titled, Thank God for Penina. If not for Penina, and I wouldn't have gone to Shiloh to say, God, it's my turn now. So sometimes God allows some people in your life, your mother-in-law, your tough boss, that your friend, to betray you or to, to just be unkind and unfair to you. Just to process your heart. To see what stuff you are made of. I got born again 37 years ago. I didn't become an international speaker until about 10 years, 12 years ago. Where was I? In the dark room, I was being processed. If your heart cannot manage it, your hand cannot touch it. 
before God started blessing us with good cars. Anytime we were driving, I would tell my driver, a big car is coming. A Lamborghini is coming. A Range Rover is coming. Give him space. Don't struggle so that good cars, we know we too, we respect it. It will know how to come to us. I said, let him go. Let him go. Yes, you have the right to it, but let him go. Because you can never attract what you attack. Never. So when I see people that are graced, I honor them. And one thing about me is this. So I honor all men because I don't know whose grace is greater than my own. I don't lose anything by bowing down to greet you. I don't know what you encountered yesterday. Maybe you went to bed as a prisoner and this morning you woke up as a prime minister. So I honor all men. Because the little that you have, I want to be added to my own. Whatever you honor is multiplied back to you. So what are you going through? I'm 37. I'm not married. 15 years, no child. I give, I give, I give. No financial breakthrough. A sickness just refuses to go away. Something just gets wrong somewhere. You're in Bethlehem, Judah. Yes, there is scarcity. It's not because you are the chiefest of sinners. No. God is coming. God comes late when he wants to come big. He's coming. You know why you don't have a car yet? They are still fixing the red headlamp. They are fixing it. <laughs> the tortoise and the snail also entered into the ark. Noah's ark. The lion entered. Cheetah entered. But these slow ones, even the snake, entered. And you know one thing. They couldn't shut the door until the snail entered. And Hebrews 11, the last two verses, 39 and 40, tells us, I thank God for Pastor Matthew Ashimolo. I thank God for Kenneth Hagin. I thank God for Pastor Yadim. I thank God for all the big, big bishops. But I'm also coming. They cannot shut the door until I have made it. So you don't need evangelism. People whose time has come, thank God for them. But keep moving. You may look like 30s, but just keep moving. Just make sure you are not stopping. Whether you are crawling, or you are walking, or you are strolling. Just make sure you are moving. The ark cannot be shot until you get there. It can be get there. And then we see where the fire began to go down. Elimelech took the wrong step. Elimelech means my God is king. He could not trust God. He could not obey God. He said, hey, I've heard that there is food in Moab. Let me go. Those of you that are married women here, it's important for you to pray and cover your husband. Because when a man misses it, he doesn't only suffer, the whole family, the entire family suffers. Elimelech carried his wife, carried the children. Even the children's names are funny. I don't want to go into that. Marlon and Chilion. One means sickness. The other means wasting away. Be careful what name you carry. Because as you as your name is, so you are. That's what the book of Second Samuel chapter 25 tells us. <laughs> I think verse 3 or so. As your name is, so you are. What is your name? He carried his children. He carried his wife. And they went to Moab. Some of you are not yet in Moab, but you are smelling bread. And you are gradually moving. The man is married. He's an alhaji with three wives. But you are considering it, so you are smelling Moab. 
Hmm, there is bread there. Where you are, there is no bread. You've been singing in the choir. You've been serving the Lord. You are in Bethlehem, Judah. And there is famine. But you can smell bread in Moab. The bread in Moab is poisonous. Don't go there. Don't go there. Because it will still be well with Bethlehem. It's a matter of time. The Bible says that he took his wife, he took his children, and he went there. And when he got there, everything looked fine. One lady walked up to my office some time ago. Beautiful lady, very beautiful. Even as a lady, I looked at her again. Wow, this is beautiful. And she said, I've come that you can cancel with me and pray with me, ma. I said, what's the problem? She said, I slept and I discovered that a part of my hair had been cut while I was sleeping. So she removed the scarf and I looked at it. Wow. I said, what happened? She said, I don't know. I said, where was your husband? There must be two of you in the room. She said, I just had a baby three days ago. My husband wasn't, we don't stay in the same room. I said, how old is your marriage? Is this your first child? She said, yes, that's my first child. How old are you? 27. How old is your husband? 67. He said, he's my father's friend. My father gave me to him. I said, your father is close to the grave. He has used his life. Now he's helping you to use your own. I said, I don't, dis I don't destroy marriages, but this one, I will help you destroy it. This is not your resting place. It's not. There are women like that. Don't be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. Don't do what is wrong. God is coming. I don't know why the Holy Ghost keeps bringing me back to that. Maybe you want to take a decision. Prefer to stay single than miss it in marriage. When you miss it in marriage, over 90% of your life is gone. I'm telling you. I've been in marriage. I know what it means. Prefer to stay single than be unequally yoked. It determines, in fact, marriage may determine whether you will make heaven. There's no relationship on earth where your Christian, your Christian faith is tried like the institution of marriage. As a married man, you move from patience to endurance in marriage. From endurance, you move to long-suffering. Marriage? Married men know what I'm talking about. I don't know how polygamists handle it. The Bible says that they went there, the children got married, and after 10 years or thereabouts, or even before then, the man died. Naomi's husband died. The Holy Ghost made me pause when I got to that scripture. Because many husbands are dying, and many husbands are dead. That's one of the reasons why we need the fire. And many things kill husbands. Many husbands are just walking corpses because of the way their wives treat them. Many things kill husbands. As a married woman, you must learn to Satan proof your husband, Delilah proof your husband, Jezebel proof your husband. You must, you must honor your husband. It's part of the fire we're talking about. Emotional fire. Fire in our marriages. Sometimes I wake up and I just go to my husband's side of the bed. And I'm singing for him. The man is still sleeping and I'm singing. He's hearing my voice. Oremi. Oremi. 
I will love you forever. me. And the man is waking up. Hello, darling. How do you wake your husband up? You talk to him anyhow. When Pastor Femi called husbands to come out, you too, you came out. It's been discovered that the greatest need of a man is not sex. He can get that if he's not born again from any prostitute and get HIV and AIDS. His greatest need is not food. He can get that from any good restaurant. For a married man, his greatest need is respect, particularly public respect. Respect your husband. Let him know that the fire of the Holy Ghost is on your inside and bring it to the marriage. When David was going to marry Michal, Saul's daughter, Saul said, I don't want money as the bride price. I need 100 first kings of the Philistines. David said, this woman deserves more than 100. David gave 200. You know what it means to, to take a first king? You kill the man and then you, from his private part, you take his first king. 200. And I want to pause this morning to ask this question from, the, from married women. If your husband were to repay your dowry, will he reduce it or increase it? By reason of what you have done in the last three years, in the last 15 years, in the last 20 years, when David came back, when he became the king again, he said, get me my car. Even the husband she was married to was crying and following her. That's to tell you the, the weight of that woman. That's to tell you who that woman was. If we should give your husband an anonymous form to fill, what will he write there? The same thing goes for the wives. There are husbands that are angels outside and devils inside. You need the fire. You need it. You are full of commendation in the office. Ah, Tolu, you look good. That's your secretary. Everybody, you're fine. But when you get home, you are the lion of the tribe of your family. Change the channel. That is coming. Change it. Change, change it. Change it. That is the day. Everybody hides when you come. And one man died in Ondo. The children removed the car keys and the, and the room keys and the house keys. They put the bunch on his chest. And they said, Daddy, you forgot your keys. You forgot your keys. The time is coming when you can no longer shout. Can I remind you that your, you and your children, you have only three seasons to spend together. Only three. The first season, you are in charge. Shut up. Come here. You are stupid. You are this. Will you read your books? You better use that season very well because it's going to, be, to end very soon. The second season, the child is in charge of his life. Hello, mom. I'm at the airport. I'm going to Germany. Ah, I come. You didn't tell me. Mommy, no, it's, it's, it was urgent. Bye. Enjoy your day. How many of you called your parents to take permission to come to church today? Because you are in the season. The last season is the one I fear most. The child is in charge of his life and your life. It's, it's life and your life. You come visiting. It's pandemic. Yeah, my one. Mama, we can't cook nothing. It's rice you will eat. There, but there, jail also. Take me to a specialist. Us, Mama, we've not collected our salary. We're taking you to Ibobi, okay? Okay. They even carry you, they put you in the car. That's the season. 
And you know why mothers and daughters-in-law always have issues? Because the son will have told his wife the stories. My mommy, Margaret Thatcher, she can shout. She can, so the girl is battle ready. So when you come to do a mugo to help them take care of the child, you ready, mommy, no, 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 we can't, no, 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 mommy, we can't do that. Say, hey, he's my son, but he's my husband. And you know life is not governed by miracles. It is governed by principles. Genesis 8.22. So what you sowed in the first season, season one, you reap in season three. A time comes when you, your children are no longer just your children. They have now become your friends. You better befriend them. Our two daughters are married. And our son is married. When I realized that I was going to become a mother-in-law this other way, when I would have a daughter-in-law, I began to prepare. I've been praying, you know, I began to read books. I prepared for that girl. When she came, I snatched her. I abandoned my son. We're so close now. Because the person that won't let you belly food, you better cook his own. Cook his own. She said to me on my birthday, Mom, she calls me mother. Mother, you have made it so easy for me to love you. Married women, you know what it means. That girl will just carry your, your son, travel for years. You won't hear. Pillow talk is what we talk about. Ah, may your children not marry your enemies. It's a great prayer I just prayed for you. May your child not marry your enemy. Many husbands are dying. Many husbands are dead because your husband is going through a crisis. You talk to him anyhow. Don't finish that being so. Eh? Because you were the one that bought it. It's my car now. You have forgotten that there is a God in heaven who changes times and seasons. Don't kill your husband by yourself. Some of you, your husbands are dead or dying emotionally. You deprive them of sex. When it's time for sex, that's when you are praying in songs. It happens. I'm a marriage counselor, so I hear all sorts of things. You are pushing the man. Some of you, you at 37, you, you dress to look 67. And the man is wondering, is still this my wife? You look like his grandmother. Now he's looking at me. Hmm? You look like a panel beating Volkswagen car. He's looking at me. You can't, you can't wear your jeans. Every woman, every married woman must be unpredictable. Today it is short hair. Tomorrow it is long hair. Today it is jeans. Next tomorrow it is uh, boo-boo. Next one it is... It's not Iran boo every time. Paka, paka, paka. Nobody, you know, you don't understand nothing. When last did you tempt your husband? Let the fire fall. Somebody shout it. That's for family. You know I can't finish this message. You too, you know. My time is almost up. Let the fire fall on upon your marriage when last did you did you you know sometimes i just tiptoe i get to the to my husband's back where he's sitting i just tickle him uh, i said yeah, can you virgin you're not even a virgin <laughs> just to bring romance to the marriage everything is book of genesis book of zephaniah <laughs> bible study enjoy your marriage there's no marriage in heaven except the one we have with the lord jesus christ <laughs> hallelujah Some of you men, you need to please leave the sky 
and touch your wives. It's not only when you want to make love to your wife. Let the fire fall in that area too. Honor your wife. When a man raises his hand to beat his wife, I think he needs to visit the psychiatric hospital. There's no human word that can explain to you what a woman goes through in, in, in pregnancy, in delivery. CNN did a research and they said the most beautiful word in the English language is the word mother. A woman goes through a lot. And these children don't even bear our names. And there are men that have become so demon-possessed, they sleep with their children. One, even impregnated his granddaughter recently. Granddaughter. Let's stop this domestic violence. The sign of, it's a sign of immaturity for you to violate your wife. For you to beat your wife. For you to slap your wife. It means the fire of God on your inside is cold. It's gone. What will you say after you have beaten her? I love you. Or praise the Lord. What will you say? It's a sign of immaturity. How can you as a married man say because you are hungry, you, you are angry. You will not eat for three days in the house. My dear, you are not hungry. If you are hungry, you will go and microwave the food. It's a sign of immaturity. Let the fire fall upon our lives. Let the fire fall upon our marriages. Let it fall upon every aspect of our lives. Husbands are dying, wives are dying. And as we look into this story, the Bible says that even the children died. Marlon and Chilion, they died. They got married, they didn't have children, but they died. You see, when the fire of the Holy Ghost is absent in a marriage, the devil can kill anybody there. Generational curses just flow. The father died. The children died. I don't have the time. Many children are dead and are dying. Television set is killing some. Pornography is killing people. Relationship is killing children. House helps are killing children. And many children are dead. Even though they still follow their parents to church, but they are dead. And the parents are not considering. I hear a lot as these children even talk to me. Let's wake up. Husbands, fathers, let's be involved in our children's lives. Let's pass some fire to them. Let them inherit the covenant upon our lives. You must, as a father, pray with your children, your wife, every day. 31 years of marriage, if I have to compete when my husband and I did not pray, it's not up to one week. We pray morning and evening. If it's in Australia and I'm in Canada, we pray on the phone. The father that prays together stays together. Please pray. It may not be more than one minute. It may be one hour. But pray together. Commit your lives to the Lord. The devil is prowling. Revelation chapter 12. He's looking for children to kill. He's looking for husbands. He's looking for people to kill. Let the fire fall upon your marriages. Let it fall upon your family life. Let it fall upon your finances. Let devil, let devil make you know that, no, he can't touch this one because it's on fire for the Lord. Hallelujah begin to close because the Bible says at a point in Naomi's life she arose she just said to herself ah, husband died, children died what am I doing here? arise and that may be the stage that I have come today as a spiritual timekeeper to announce to some of you it's time to arise if you are not tired of where you are where you are is tired of you it's time for you to arise and do something new and do something fresh and top up your Christian life and top up your prayer life. You don't need to kneel down to pray. While you are driving, you can pray. While you are doing the dishes, you can pray. You can pray in tongues anytime. I love Kenneth Copeland. 
arguably, he's the richest man of God on earth today. Kenneth Copeland said, once in a while, when I'm tired of planet earth, I jump into one of my helicopters, my planes, and I just soar, and I pray in tongues for two hours, and I come back to planet earth. He said, it is cooler there. Poverty is bad. And one day God said to Kenneth Copeland, you can never fail, Ken. He said, Lord, why? Is it because I pray? The Lord said, no. It is because I have seen enough of your mother's face in the place of prayer on your behalf. That's a woman that knows how to put fire on the children's lives. On the children's lives. When our marriage was young, I would wake up in the dead of the night, carry anointing oil on my hand and anoint everywhere. This is my home. No Jezebel will come here. Because many people don't finish well. They don't finish strong. Many marriages have challenges today. And sometimes it is spiritual. I anoint my husband's comb. I anoint his socks. I anoint his shoes. Some of you are, are young. You can still do this. He will not know. I'm serving his food. I'm praying in tongues. I serve him. And I decree, Felix, you will always love me. You have no choice about this. My husband finishes eating. He says, I don't know. I'm just loving you. I say, <laughs> God bless you, sir. God bless you, sir. Some of you are sleeping. Sleeping, gallifanting around. Fighting over wig. Because of wig. You cannot afford for me here. Do funke here. Men don't even know the difference. Ordinary bag is killing some people. You don't have faragemo. Carry sharafemo. Just do anything. Just, just carry your bag. They don't put... They, do they put human head inside it? Why are you killing yourself because of shoes? There are more important things. You wake up. You fight for your seat. You fight for your marriage. One woman in the office is disturbing your husband's life. He says she's the secretary. You fight. You don't just keep reporting him. I've reported him to his mother. I've reported You go on fasting. Say, this is my portion. It is because this cold is stove. This, this stove is cold. That is why the devil is trying to send something there. You call on God to send the fire. This woman arose. And the Bible says, when she was going, you know the story. The tutor that said, I will go with you. Blah, blah, blah. She said, ah, you have no idea. She said, go back. Or pass it to herself. Who even knows whether she's a witch. She killed her husband. She's killed her two children. Me, I'm going back home. Yeah. You better let's go. Ruth said, no. This woman is on fire. It's just that it looks like something is wrong. But I decide to put on the spectacle of, of destiny. I see her from the perspective of the future. I'm going with her. The woman said, leave me. She said, no. There's a fire on your inside that I want to catch also. You may not look like it now. But there's something burning in your life that I want to follow. I'm following you, woman. Do not tell me to leave you. Because where you go is where I will go. Your people shall be my people. Your God shall be my God. Ah, where you die is where I will die. There will I be buried. God do so to me. Except if not that, it's only death that can part us. And she decided. She didn't know that a fire was already burning in Bethlehem, Judah. In the life of Boaz for her. Boaz was a fire. Fire is contagious. It is. When you follow people that are on fire, you catch fire. That talks about relationship. And I close on that note. I had to jump so many things, you know. Please take note 
of these four things. For the fire to fall. The first one is gratitude. I don't have the time to spend and explain that. You want the fire to fall, be a grateful person. Because gratitude is the ladder to high altitude. And it's only gratefuls that are not grateful. Number two is humility. If the fire is going to fall, because sometimes the fire can consume. And the fire can consume your enemies. You must not brag and say, yes, if not for me. The humbler you become, the more fire God allows and trusts into your hands. Humility. A man of favor is not a proud man. Psalm 31 and verse number 21. Number three, keep the right company. There are fire extinguishers. There are people that just blow out the fire on your inside. They blow out financial fire. They blow off out marital fire. There are women that, ladies, when they went in the university, on fire for the Lord. They just got married and everything. Psh. There are men that married fire extinguishers. And the woman tells them, how much do you want to say you want to give to God? Are you the one that killed Jesus? Please, we need money. Terrible. Some of you have heard this story before. I don't want to mention the name of a great man of God in this, in this our world who got married. The moment he was pronounced with the woman, husband and wife, they would say, I pronounce you husband and wife. The woman turned to him and said, I am evil, sent by the devil. I did this so that the whole world will know that we can get you. I don't want to mention his name. He's been in trouble a few times. Big mess. And some of you don't even know what he's hiding in his family. Pray for your children that they will not miss it in marriage. Oh. It's very important. There are fire extinguishers. I don't want to talk about them today. I would speak on fire. There are fire extinguishers. Oh. Wrong relationship is a fire extinguisher. Pride is a fire extinguisher. Ingratitude is a fire extinguisher. Foolishness. Inability to know and be generous. Know how to be generous is a fire extinguisher. It kills financial fire. I have only two secrets in my life. Worship, thanksgiving, and then giving. The devil has no answer to it, those two things. They are fire extinguishers. No matter where you are, one day one of my mentors, Bishop David Oyedepo, said to me, look at me, as big as I look today and as mighty as the Lord has blessed me, I know what to do. There are people that if I should hit them, my fire will go down. Papa told me that. So when I see some of my mentors, I prostrate my chin, touches the ground. People like Pastor Adeboye. There are people you don't hit, they are storm calmers. When they step into your life, your life turns around. No matter what you become, you can change your mind, but you can't change your history. There are people you must not hit. No matter how drunk you are. No matter how blessed you are. Your father is your father. There are people you must, they, they abuse you, you say amen. Because you know you must not hit them. Sometimes God allows them to misbehave just to see what is in your heart. My mother-in-law was one of my mentors. She died at 110 in my hand, practically in my hands. I made up my mind that that woman, I will serve her. I will use her as a seed into my future. So there's no daughter-in-law that can maltreat me because I didn't sow it. 
did not sow it. One day she said to me, after I had served her, she said, raise your right hand up. I did. She said, among your mates, in 70 times 7 ways, you will stand out. 110 year old woman. One day she messed up. And I knelt down on my fork and I was cleaning her after her. Very neat a woman. But that day, a 110 year old woman, the Lord said to me, you just, you just passed an exam. There are people that must pray for you. And some blessings, they are provoked. They are not just said. As they said, bring me venison that I may bless you. It's a level of blessing. One day my father, who was also my mentor, said to me, Olufonke, send me so so amount of money. I said, is that all, sir? He said, yes. Grandpa, is that all? I said, yes. I multiplied it by 10. I sent it to him. When I saw him, he said, you did this? Hmm, you can go. That's a blessing. As I decided to take off, he said, come back. Do you know Abraham's blessing? Today, I connect you to it. Listen, beloved, money doesn't finish in my hand. I can't explain it. It's a mystery. Financial fire is burning in my life. I may not be a billionaire, billionaire, but my needs are always with Ashirimi Mambo. To me, that is wealth. I sponsor over 48 children. University all over. I'm not talking of church. I don't even know the color of agape offering. God has given me my own. And I am not one of those women that spend their husband's money. Whatever my husband gives me is just top up. God has given me my own. I encountered that scripture from the book of Esther. They gave her her own. There's a difference between our own and my own. If the totality of your life depends on your husband, financially, you are a colossal disgrace. A disgrace. A misfit. Your husband must be the one to buy all your cars, buy your bra, buy tomato, buy everything. Madam, you are not living. You are just existing. You need your own. You can write a check, one million naira, and give to God. You may tell your husband, you may not tell him, but you don't need his permission. No man wants a liability around him. When we were, new, when we were young in the faith, they would tell us, if you have money, don't buy a cow. No man will marry you. But these days, men are looking for cow owners. Hey, my dear, do you have a car? And the man may not have, but he wants you to have. He will drive it, drop you off at work, and drive it as if it is his own. Because men no longer want liabilities. Who says you cannot buy your husband a car for his birthday? When my husband turned 60, I gave him 61 gifts plus one. The plus one was a brand new Sequoia. I imported it from America. When I was presenting the car, somebody shouted, Hey! I want Yaworre. This is this now wife. This morning I just did a teaching. In the evening, there will be fire in this house. Whatever has been hindering your life, get ready. Bring it in the night. God has something. The last thing for the fire to fall is what I call sacrifice. You can't just sit down and say, let it be. Let it just fall. Sacrifice. You keep pushing. You keep pushing. You keep pushing. And you keep pushing. And when these things are in your life, you have no choice but to be on fire for the Lord. 
I want you to rise up and spend like two minutes to look into your life and be grateful to the Lord. Let's begin. Can I just run your fingers on the keyboard for me? Let the fire fall. Just be grateful. Only great fools are ungrateful. I want you to just give thanks to the King eternal, immortal, invisible. You may not be where you ought to be, but you are not where you used to be. Give thanks to the Lord. Give him thanks for the death he did not allow you to die. Left with the enemy, you shouldn't be here today. See what the Lord has done in your life. Whatever you thank God for cannot die. Whatever you thank God for multiplies. Give God praise today. Lord, you deserve. You deserve the glory. Don't wait for any song. Just give him praise. Give God praise. Let God know you are in church. I give you thanks, ancient one. I give you thanks. Oh, Lord. I give you worship. I magnify you. I say there is no one like you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. destiny. Pray in tongues, pray in the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus, I will get to the top. In the name of Jesus, I will get to the top. I, I create space for myself at the bottom. I want you to pray. This is the house of the Lord. Pray. I shall get there. God has ordained it. This term is very important. You have two minutes. Pray, 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 pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in understanding. I shall get to the top. I shall get there. I shall fulfill destiny. I shall not be cut short in the middle of my years. I shall not be wasted. Elimelech was wasted. Marlon was wasted. Chilion was wasted. I shall not be wasted. My destiny shall not be wasted. Let the fire fall, oh God. Let it fall on my marriage. Let it consume everything that shouldn't be there. Let it fall on my finances. Let it fall on my health. Consume it, Lord. I will get to the top. I will make it. I shall not be wasted. When my mates are soaring, I shall not be crawling. In the name that is above every name. I shall be on fire. My love for God moves to a new level. 
my financial life moves to a new level. Everything about me moves to a new level, new level, new level, new level. Let the fire fall, Holy Ghost. Let the fire fall, Lord. Let it fall upon my life. Let it fall upon my children. Let it consume whatever should not be there. Take me to a new level, Jehovah. Hey, Thank you, Father. Present. Today I delete it. Whatever should be present that is absent, today I plant it. I decree that God will turn to you and it will become your turn. When your mates are swearing, you will not be crawling. Whatever has hindered your destiny, hitherto, I decree, let the fire fall upon it. I push you to your next level. The God that took me from the backside of life is in the house today. The God that rewrote my history and took from my head. Hey, hey, hawking tree. Let that same God visit you in the name of Jesus. From today, it is a new day for you. Let the fire fall upon your life, upon your marriage, upon your relationships, upon your finances, upon your health, upon your destinies. In the name of Jesus, I hold your hands under the Holy Spirit and I create space at the top for you. Move there. Go forward. Move faster. From today, a new page has been opened in your life. If there is any sickness, emotional or financial or health or whatever, in the name of Jesus, I curse it to its roots. This will be your best year. God told me that this year will be called Sweet 16. It will be sweet for you. It will be sweet for you. There will be no adversary. There will be no evil occurrence in the mighty name of Jesus. And in case you are here, you are not yet born again today, I destroyed the yoke of sin in your life. And I set you free to serve Jesus. When the Lord Jesus comes, you will be a part of the wedding gifts. If you are giving your life to Jesus now, you can just tell him to come into your heart. Be your Lord and your Savior. It's the safest place to be at this time. So that you can make heaven. Just tell him, Oh Jesus, I give my heart to you. Wash me clean. Be my Lord and my Savior. I hand over my life to you today. Please take charge. If you've just prayed that prayer, I hand you over to the Lord God of Israel, the keeper of Israel. He will keep you. He will preserve you. Lord, I pray for this house. I pray for the angels here. I pray for everyone in this service today. You will trace beautiful testimonies to this service. All to the glory of God. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. That amen is very, very weak.